Finally, Mystery Girl is here. The debut single by Norfleet, which I had the pleasure of playing bass and producing. There was a lot of people who made this possible. One of those people is Gerard from over at Trashman. We had the pleasure of recording there, as well as Vinny Longy from Semi Supervillains. He was the engineer on the track. Some other people who participated in the track were, let's see here. We got Isaac Short mixing We of the Weird Sisters. We have Adam Harvey uh, mastering. Ryan Hamblin did the cover photo. And then we have the band, which was me and Josh Norfleet, of course. James Varner, my super smang bro on drums. Taylor Millhouse Miller on piano. Uh, John Eldridge on organ. And then Kiera Bronson and Aubrey Riley on background vocals. So here it is. Try to defuse all your secrets, all your clues. See what we can find. What's yours and what's mine? Yeah. 
Mystery Girl by Norfleet. Today's guest, returning to the Poptimist once again, Josh Norfleet. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I, am I still the number one reoccurring guest? I think so. I think you've been on more than anybody. It's either you or Zach. Yeah. That's but fair, though, yeah. I don't know who's, uh, who's been on more. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like this may have been my fourth or fifth appearance, maybe? I think it's more than that. You think? I mean, maybe your fourth or fifth solo appearance, but we've totally. also done podcasts where there's been other people there. Yeah, we've done some with Tristan, Zach, and... Yeah. So, the new single is finally out, dude. It's finally it out, It took dude. for fucking ever <laughs> to get it released. I know, dude. Through uh, trial and error, though, it's happening, dude. Bro, we started talking about this, I think, at the end of 2019. Right. Uh, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Like, we were like, we're going to get this rolling off the ground in January. We're going to go record in March of 2020. Exactly. And then, of course, COVID. Yeah, COVID kind of ruined everyone's life for a second. Because I remember we there was a point where we rehearsed and like ha- started to like get the songs down and such. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was right before COVID had hit, and then we were just like, well... This is not happening yeah, anytime this is soon. For nobody, yeah. And every time we went to go try and do it, some bullshit happened. Either someone got COVID or something else happened. Because all of us had COVID at different times. Yeah. So you you have the... And that was back during the two-week isolation period. Right, exactly. And then that is two weeks that someone had no life, so they had to get like back into the fucking rigmarole of life, you know? Yeah. Um. It was a process, dude. It was a process. So you're right. I think every one of us in the band got COVID yeah. at least once that like pushed back, you know, recording or rehearsing, whatever, rehearsing or whatever we planned on doing. Yeah. I mean, I- I'm super proud of how this song turned out and the other song that's unreleased. It's not out yet, but um, and we've even played some gigs yeah. as Norfleet now, no, me, you totally. and James as a trio, which we, we have one. This Sunday, the 15th, at the five spot. Come see us, baby. Yeah, come see us. Put on by Eat Sleep Rock. Busted Mustard is also playing, which is the other band we play in with Tristan and James. And I think Greg Max is the other one who's playing. Yeah, yeah. Blues artist. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's really fucking good. We played with him over at the Cobra for another Eat Sleep Rock show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. We have played a couple of shows so far, and... I'm excited to just especially for this song too. Mystery Girl was like one of the first songs that I've written that I was like, I I feel like this is somewhat more me, I guess. You know what I mean? I was just like, I felt more proud of it than any other song at that time. Well, you can hear your DNA in it as a player because really as players, we only have like maybe three or four things that we do well, or that's like our specialty. But this particular song, it's like one of your things. It's like the Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, John Mayer thing is front totally. and center. And that was my influence, like, coming into this, um, playing on the track. I didn't want to double exactly what you were playing. I wanted to have almost like a harmony to your part. No, totally. Especially it works out in the uh, three-piece environment that we're playing in, you know? Yeah. The... Uh, bass comp it's so fun to play in a trio dude yeah it power, is power trio all the way dude i know i feel like that is 
ultimately, like, I either want to be in a big band or a three-person band. And, like, right. big band as in, like, seven people on stage. Exactly. There's background singers. Background singers, horns, percussionists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the trio, it's just like playing with KO and James. It's kind of the same way where it's just like there's no bullshit. Right. And there's no hiding. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, You're all out front and center. It's all... And you kind of have to, like, learn to fill in the gaps respectfully. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it changes with the players that you're playing with, too, because you do something different for Norfleet than you do for The Reveal, your other band. Totally. I would say that this, my kind of stuff is more uh, melodic, I guess. You know what I mean? It's a, I, to me, it's, like, there's obviously, like, songs that I really enjoy in The Reveal, Um but this is like a uh, the guitar aspect of the reveal, but with different style songwriting. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, I think a good example of that is like sitting on top of the world. For sure. For sure. People will be able to tell that right away. You know, it doesn't doesn't sound like the reveal. I mean, it sounds like the reveal in the way that it sounds like it just because you're in both bands. No, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, man. I really. Uh, Growing up playing music, I just did, you know, bluegrass. So it was just kind of uh, interesting when I started listening to other music and uh, getting involved with, like, pop music and, you know, of course, starting out in bluegrass and country music. I wanted to just write songs. I liked certain songs. There wasn't just one format that I was like, you know, at one point in time that I was just like this only. You know what I mean? It was at first bluegrass. But then when I started just, like, branching off of that, it became, like, everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, like, as your tastes mature, too, as a player, mm-hmm. you you take up different parts of different things. For sure. You know, when you become your, your own thing. Especially, yeah, there's so many uh, aspects of from when I first started playing until now of just, like, people that I like. You know what I mean? Like, I love Tony Rice, and, um, and I also like John Mayer and Stevie Ray Vaughan and brad paisley and stuff like that you know well that's how a player makes their unique sound is basically from stealing a bunch of stealing other a bunch no i'm guilty of it yeah dude. i'm guilty of it too yeah i steal licks for sure there's a, again like there's only three or four things that i really do yeah you know and one of them is that i play a p bass with flat lounge <laughs> but yeah we um we recorded out at trash man studios yeah um and Vinny Wongi was the engineer from Semi Supervillains. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studio was fun to record there. James, of course, James Varner played drums. Crushed it. Crushed it. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and we were just super happy with the uh, with the result. Totally. Yeah, John Eldridge came in on the fly, uh, playing organ and. I'm excited about it, dude. Yeah. Like I said, it was like the first song. It's interesting to hear it now um, from when it, I first wrote it because then I kind of sucked at guitar. I was like, okay, I got be- I was better than when, from when I first started, but compared to like then and now and kind of just arrangements and how recording should be, you know what I mean? It's interesting to hear it, and it's this. You yeah, know what I mean? no, we definitely... I think we executed what your original vision was for it, but we expanded upon it. And uh, we should also say uh, Taylor Miller, a.k.a. Millhouse, he was the one who hooked up the trash man totally. situation. So shout out to him for that. He and was the uh, trash man curator, dude. Yeah. 
he was. He made it happen. He did, he knows where the tr- the good stuff is in the trash bins. Yeah, <laughs> that's Millhouse's specialty, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Even he would agree. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday on the phone. Is he doing all right? Yeah, he's doing all right. He was just telling me about the lot <coughs> and how um, there was like a shooting and a drug overdose. Oh wow. Yeah, so you know the lot I'm talking about, the, uh, Kevin's lot, where the fencing oh, stuff yeah, is? Oh, yeah, I know. Right next to that fucking Sitco dude? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. There's always stuff happening there. Yeah. I feel like there's always cops. and Well, there's in there, like, a, a homeless shelter right there, isn't there? Uh, it's a Catholic church, and Millhouse told me it's because they give out free food. That's why there's so many homeless people over there. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So. And he, he also told me that... Um, they take shifts, you know, standing on that median, like, oh. onto Ellington Parkway. Yeah, yeah. He said they take shifts, like, going out there to ask for money. Oh, cool. And then they all just take the tip pool. Yeah. It's like, this is this is my money. I'm, I'm out here from this time to this time. Oh, god. They have, like, a whole system. He said he saw two one-armed guys fighting each other <laughs> one day. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Bill House, he's a who. He he did a great job on piano, honestly, on sitting on top of the. Yeah, wall. I mean, he killed it. He uh, his specialty as a player is kind of that honky tonk style. He's a know? the boy. He is proudly, proudly. Yeah, he he did great, and that'll be released here later on. I I kind of just want to do a singles for now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, too, you know, things might change as we keep playing together more live because now we're playing you and i talked the other night i am going to continue playing in norfleet that's the only project i'm keeping i sucked you in yeah (laughs) because i was just starting to think about it too where i was like because you were like it's only going to be once a month we haven't found anybody yet you weren't like trying to sell me on it but you were giving things where i was like made it appealing for me to no absolutely keep doing yes. it. i was like josh wants me to keep doing it so i and i'm glad i really appreciate it because i'm of course i uh i know how hard that decision was for you and it was yeah. I, I appreciate you still interested in doing it with me it means a lot of course um yeah man it was it was a tough decision to make you know i think just with everything that's been going on in my life the past couple of months um plus i'm 30 now so i just see things like differently you know it really came down to like for violent moves and the weird sisters like if tomorrow they got an offer to go on tour would i want to do it and i'm not in the health or the headspace to to do it but with you i mean we're not we're not trying to make any big moves right now no 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 you got reveal shit going totally yeah my life has shifted a little bit and i'm kind of seeing where that takes me but i also don't want to take it take away anything that i enjoy doing yeah i mean um so i still want to do it but play like you know around town once a month if some other shows pop up and it works out then yeah let's do it but um really just get in the recording game put songs out you know what i mean i like to write songs well we know that whenever danny puts on a show he will he'll ask us, us yeah whole book danny us. he's us always up. looking to book yeah if you need bo- if you bands if you're looking for uh some shows hit up danny ec yeah. rock look him up make something happen for you bro isn't it crazy where we are now from where we first met each other at oh yeah and our nashville journeys because 
We probably met not long after you got to town. Yeah. I, because I moved here in 2017, maybe. I've been here for five years. Um, but yeah, it's I, the, from the time when we first met at your apartment and hung My out. My first apartment. Yeah, exactly. And from now, it's just like both of our lives, so much has happened. You know what I mean? A lot's changed. But the one constant is that we're still trying to do it. Neither one of us has fucking quit. We're still here. Yeah. We're still here. And, that yeah, there's – especially after COVID, dude, a lot of people were just like, I have to move back. I, if You know what I mean? I'm just going to go get a regular job or put well, a lot of people down. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I don't fault those people either. Right. But it was like we had enough resources, I think, in each other. That if something were to come up, we could come to one another and figure it out. You know, like we, I really wasn't seeing a lot of anybody during the pandemic. Pretty much the only place I was going, like I was still driving for, for Uber and shit, but just hanging at the castle. Yeah. No, the castle is where I spent most, that and the radio station is where I spent most of the pandemic, honestly. COVID didn't exist within the castle. No, no, it was, uh. Yeah, I mean, even though all of us did get it probably three times or something like yeah. that. I've only, honestly, I tested positive for it once, and I didn't feel Christmas anything. a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I missed Christmas, dude. I had to stay here. And I I felt fine. No, like, symptoms or anything. It was, wasn't that bad. COVID's over, bro. I, it, I know, dude. Honestly, it's like, I feel like especially... Well, there's so much other stuff going on in the news, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It never ends. It never ends. So this is like, there's other things exciting people now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, there always will be. Right. And especially now, too, that summer's here again, and people are just final, like, finally. You know what I mean? Yeah. That dreadful winter of just, like, where everyone gets sick. And I know COVID was kind of crazy even then, too, but... I feel like now it's everything is full force, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're back. People we're back. are going on tour. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of music happening again. M- most venues are, like, pulling their restrictions. You know what I mean? I think airports still might have some restrictions. Like, you have to wear a mask or something. I think I think the airports dropped it now. Really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it's pretty much, I think, like, some doctor's offices might still. Right. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. that is that is understandable, but... Pretty much for the most part, it's done. Yeah, it feels good, dude. It does feel good. I'm just glad it's over. I mean, what a fucking experience we lived through with COVID. Dude, it'll be in the uh, history books yeah. that our kids will read one day, dude. Bro, I was watching a video this uh, this morning of uh, Marcus King playing his new song like at Easy High. Did oh, you see yeah, that? yeah, I did see that. So, I didn't watch the video, but I saw that he posted it, yeah. His bass player on the album is Nick Mofshone, who was the bass player for Amy Winehouse. Oh, okay. And he's played with a bunch of different people. He's played with, like, Bruno Mars, and he's done a bunch of stuff with Dan Auerbach. He was in the Arcs and all that shit. Uh, but I thought that was really cool because I've never um, seen him in, like, a straightforward – because it's, like, rock music. No, so it's like uh, – reminds me of, like, Bad Company. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that southern rock, you know – power chords riff you know just heavy riffs it's a uh i saw marcus king play with uh, the tedeschi trucks band 
Kiss came and played two songs with him. It was fucking sweet, dude. Was it at the Ryman? No, it was actually at um, Hop Springs Brewery in Murfreesboro. Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool, honestly. They have, like, a big amphitheater, and um, we pay, like, pay little to nothing to go to the show, honestly. And um, I remember there was no security, like, there was no security, like, checking the front area. So I just walked up to, like, very front of stage. And they played uh, In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah. They did that, and and, uh, I forget what other song they did. It was really cool. He's such a good player. Fuck yeah. Yeah, he is a great player. It's it's cool to hear him working with Dan Auerbach, too, because I feel like Dan understands him in terms of, like, being a songwriter and a shredder. Totally. Because he's like, Marcus King can play lead guitar in a new band. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed his first album. There's lots of good, there's like, even on that album, though, there's some guitar songs, you know what I mean? There's some cool solos and stuff. But it's like uh, the songwriting for me, I think, is really good. I really like the album he did, El Dorado. Yeah, that album. Yeah. Is yeah. that the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that song, uh, Wildflowers and Wine. Oh, dude, I love that. That's some crooner music. Yeah. I'm a sucker for crooner music, dude. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. Like uh, the Ronettes, dude. I mm-hmm. love that music. I like it, too. I mean, uh, I love, like, girl group stuff and all that shit from, like, the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. That Phil Spector stuff. Yeah, you know? dude. I'm a, I'm a huge Phil Spector fan. I mean, he was a crazy person, but <laughs> yeah. he's one of the greatest producers of all time. Yeah, Without man. a doubt. No, for sure. And I, uh, I'm excited to see what Marcus's second album is going to be like. Do you think it'll be, st- like, straight, like, how this song is? Yeah, hardworking, man. I think it's going to be exactly, like, it's just going to be high octane. Mm-hmm. There might be a power ballad in there. Right. Yeah. I would like to hear him do like a power ballad. Oh, dude. He, uh, cause he's got a great voice too. Yeah. Um, I really like, uh, The Well on El Dorado. Yeah, that's, that's a rocky a cool song. One. Even the first one, A Young Man's Dream, I think it's just well written. Yeah, it is. He, I think he co wrote a lot of that stuff with Dan too. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they are, they're coming out with a new album soon, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so when this goes up, it'll be the same day as... Oh, really? Yeah, Mystery Girl. Ser- so I'm competing with the Black Keys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know who the Black Keys are, so... Yeah. Says Jack White, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear. I'll, lis- I'll still listen to it. And Dan Auerbach, if you're listening, listen to Mystery Girl. Yeah, listen to Mystery Girl. Sign us. Yeah. <laughs> let us record at a, nice, us, a us, nice studio. Yeah, let us do an album together. Um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited for the new Black Keys album. I think it'll be good, you know. Um, they released two songs from it, and I like both the songs. I haven't heard the second one yet. The second one's pretty good. Like, it, they both definitely have more of a uh, El Camino feel. Okay. But I, a lot of people shit on that album, dude. I like that album. El Camino's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, cause, I mean, but... Every song it could be a single, like it's that single-esque, you know yeah. what I mean? But so is Thriller, so is every other great album, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure, 100%. Um, I would just, I don't know, though, probably Brothers is a great album. That's my favorite album. Yeah, ever. but also uh, Turn Blue, man. They, I, At first, I didn't like Turn Blue, and then the more and more I listened, it, it grew on me pretty heavy. 
Well, it's a slow burn record. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like it might not be something on the first listen that you uh, that you love. Mm-hmm. That's how it was for me. First listen, I was like, ah, I was like, where's the, you know, the, the catchy songs? You know what I mean? Yeah, because they released Fever as the first single, which right. sounds like mm-hmm. something off of El Camino, except with cooler fucking organ, totally. the Farfisa organ or whatever it's called. Totally, totally. Um, I remember I went, because they released like a CD single for that, and at that time that was even rare for anybody to do that. That was back in 2014. And it was Fever with the B-side was turned blue. And mm-hmm. I went out and bought it like the day it came out. I think it might have came out on record record store day that year. What, what year was it? I think I was still in high school. 2014. No, I was out of high school. Then. 2013 or 2014. No, I was out of high school. Yeah. Um, was there like any particular album that like when you listen to it, it reminds you of high school? Sam's Down by the Killers. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I was super into the Killers. Um, also, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Like, I oh, was yeah. super into My Chemical Romance when I was younger, um, which every now and then I'll, I'll give them a listen for nostalgia purposes. But it's funny because your, uh, your music tastes really change. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Because I remember growing up, my sister listened to pop music. She would like listen to NSYNC, the Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Ricky Martin, stuff like that. And I always like, I don't know. I didn't like hate the music then, but then my dad played bluegrass and I grew up in a bluegrass family. So it was kind of just that for a while where I just went heavy into bluegrass and country music. And then I kind of started listening to modern country music. And then that kind of went from classic rock to blues to punk to heavy you know what i mean Every, yeah anything it, it's went from yeah being a young kid to now i'll like listen to the beatles and then listen to hank williams senior to i don't even know you know what i mean foo fighters is there any music that you f- felt like you used to not like that you like now like something that you used to be like i just don't like this and i don't get it uh hip-hop Really? Oh, yeah. I was never a real big hip-hop or rap fan, but I love it now, honestly. Was there anything that kind of changed you, like a certain song or an album? Hmm. Honestly, probably Eminem, honestly. Marshall Mathers. He just got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall I of know, Fame. dude. He did. He did. Him and Dolly. Yeah. What do you think about that? About non-rock artists getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, I heard this really ticks off our friend Johnny B. Um, I think it's more like it's rock and roll in the name, but really it's like pop culture Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, for sure. Music pop culture Hall of Fame. So when you take it from that perspective, then okay, I get it. But um, I mean, even Dolly was like, she put out a statement when they originally nominated her and was like, I don't know why you're sticking me in this. I respectfully Right. Like decline. Yeah. Because it is, you are right, it's more of, at this point, it's not exactly all, like, artists in the rock format, but, like, rock music has always just been this thing of this classic decade of, like, it. You know what I mean? Rock music is it in America. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's weird 
that they do induct, you know, rap artists and country artists and whatnot, but those rock stems from country music. Rocks, you know, rap and hip hop took things from rock music and heavy bands, you know, took stuff from the Beatles and likewise, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um so I honestly I do get it in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm personally not against it. I uh I get I get what they're what they're doing. Uh the one thing I do find funny, though, there was that Black Keys Steve Miller beef, and Steve Miller talked a lot of shit about the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like I saw a Howard Stern interview with him where yeah. Howard was asking him about it, and he was just basically saying "fuck the Rock and Roll Hall." of That's Fame. That's what Steve Miller was saying. Yeah, because I remember the Black Keys came out. And they're like, Steve Miller's a dick. Like he was super rude. And I get it from his perspective though, because even whenever. Like, Howard was interviewing him, and he brought up the Black Keys. He's like, look, if I met them probably under other circumstances, we would have got along and liked each other. Like, they do something similar to me. All of that. But he's like, I felt completely disrespected by the the Hall of Fame. There's an interview with him, like, post-interview right after they get inducted, and he's just a dick, bro. But it's funny because, like, all his beefs that he's saying is right. He was talking about how he couldn't get tickets for it, and there was just a bunch of issues around it. Mm. He's like, I have guys who have been playing in my band forever, and we couldn't even get, like, a plus one for their wives. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's like, they were saying that we have to buy the tickets, and he's like, they're a bunch of frauds, they're phonies, all this shit. And he said he was, I don't know if he ended up doing this, but he said he wanted to take over the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And get all those people out of there and wanted to release a documentary about, like, all their fraud and shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, geez. He so wanted to expose them. There's some inside stuff going on. Yeah, dude. Hall. Steve Miller, not a fan he, of the Rock and Roll Hall no, of Fame. dude. I honestly love Steve Miller. Though, he's dude. great, dude. Yeah, there's some classic songs that he's written. Oh, yeah. I love Jungle Love. Oh, great song. It's a great song. I just love the intro. Um, if you ever smoke weed, that's the, a good song to smoke weed to. Is the intro before uh, it's whatever album? Uh, Fly like an eagle, yeah. Fly like an eagle is that? Album. Yeah, yeah, like that intro, dude. It, like where it's all like the spacey sense. It's nuts. You know why it's two separate songs though? No, it's so he can make more money with publishing. Really? Yeah. He figured because a lot of his albums have that on there, and I was curious as to why. They did just didn't do it as one long track. Oh, so he'll get money on the individual yeah. track. Oh, it was okay. something to do with publishing. Got it. And I got to listen to that Howard Stern interview with him. You should check it out. It was interesting, too, because um, Steve Miller, like his godfather, someone he grew up around, was Les Paul. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you not know that? No. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, Les, Les Paul, I guess, was like a part of his childhood and a family friend. Oh, wow. That's intense. Yeah. Golly, no, I mean, I don't ever really think of Steve Miller as a guitar player, though. I don't know. You think of him more as a, a songwriter? Totally. I mean, I'm not to hate on his guitar playing, um, but I, I more of the, like, the songs themselves stick with me when I think of Steve Miller. I want to hear that interview because people are pissed at Howard Stern right now. Why are they pissed at him right now? Um, because he's set to Harry Styles is supposed to be uh, on a show coming up, I guess, and um, like all of like the young kids that follow Harry Styles are complaining about his last interview that he did with Harry. Said he was like asking too many personal questions, and 
That's Howard Style. Exactly. There's plenty of other shit to talk on Howard Stern, but like that's like his interview style. Right. Yeah, they he was like asking Harry, like, you know, who are you sleeping with? And are you gonna fuck your therapist? And all this you know. Did he handle it gracefully? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, put on a smile and Probably you just like I don't know what how that would feel to be interviewed by Howard Stern. It has to be intimidating. Well, he kind of grills you, but he does it in a very conversational manner. Yeah, he does. Yeah, because he asks you all sorts of dirty questions, and like normally, if a person was just go- coming up to you asking you this shit, you'd be like, "What the? F- right. I just met you." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, but I've seen all the young Harry style like. You know what I mean? That don't know Howard Stern and how he rules. And you, that's a good point, too. There's so many other things for Howard Stern to be canceled for, like blackface or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Dude, you know who I want to hear Howard Stern interview? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Oh, that'd be wonderful. That'd be a great interview. Yeah. Uh, that one interview we did with Paul McCartney is pretty impressive. Um, hearing a John Mayer interview, too. Has John Mayer never done Howard Stern? I don't think so. Fuck, man. I don't think so. Yeah, going back and listening to old Howard interviews from, like, the the 90s and, like, early 2000s before everything really just became politicized. Right. Um, it's interesting to hear him because there was no better – I don't think there was any better journalist in that time period. Like, there was other people that were great interviewers, like – Charlie Rose or Larry King or any of them, but Howard Howard got the goods of what normal people wanted to know. Oh, totally. He, like, uh, dug into things that, like, the dirty things that people, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. He, that is true. He just asked questions that no one would ever think to ask. You know what I mean? He asked Quentin Tarantino about feet. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so they, they talked about that. That was pretty funny. Honestly, one of the craziest episodes of Howard Stern is uh, the 9-11 episode when 9-11 went down. I've listened to it because you sent it to me mm-hmm. before. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's all, like, going down while they're in New York. and You can just hear the energy yeah. tank. Yeah, it's so weird. Because they realize what's going on. Exactly. It's the not knowing to, oh, shit, like, America is under attack. Right. Golly. I, uh, I I need to go back. I like to go back and listen to old Howard Stern clips. So I love Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, dude. He's Beetlejuice my favorite is character. great. Yeah, him and Artie probably. Oh dude, I mean the Artie episodes are classic. Artie was such a great side mic. It's it's a miracle that Artie Lang is still alive. I know, dude. He's, He's still alive. Is his bro. nose still jacked up? Probably. I I don't know. I assume so. But um, it's crazy to think about like. Every time somebody dies, like uh, like Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Right, R.I.P. R.I.P. Great drummer. Already outlived him. Yeah. No kidding. No fucking kidding, dude. And Artie was like a, a fat, or he, like, in, when he was doing all his crazy shit, he was like a fat, cocaine, heroin-addicted, gambling addict, Hooking up with prostitutes, all the like that was his lifestyle, right? Yeah, I, I, he's got to be like one of my favorite comedians, though. Oh, yeah, he's real. I'm uh, Chris DiStefano came out with a new special. Too. Did I you watch it? I haven't watched it. Yet. Oh, dude, is it good? 
I haven't watched it either. No, I've, I've seen him, uh, like, talking about it online. But, I, like, Chris DiStefano is probably my favorite comedian today. Yeah, he's my favorite, like, new comedian. Yeah. Probably Dave Chappelle's my favorite. Though. Yeah, I mean, like, a D- Dave Chappelle, he's a fucking legend. Which, by the way, bro, did you see what happened at Dave Chappelle's show? Tackled, bro. Yeah, that guy fucking tackled him on stage. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him? He got, that dude got fucked yeah. up, bro. No kidding, dude. He, it was didn't look that bad considering, like, Jamie Foxx, I guess, was there and, like, went after the dude also. And then, like, Chris Rock came out and made a joke. was like, was that Will Smith? Well, it makes you wonder, man, did that have an effect, like, Will Smith going on stage and smacking Chris Rock after a joke? Did that have an effect on this crazy person? Or is it just a crazy person? You know, it could have been just a crazy person, but it's also, it may have something to do with, like, uh, just all the crazy stuff. Dave Chappelle in the news, you know what I mean? Like, all the LGBTQ stuff. Um it could have been something with that. It could have been, yeah, just like the Will Smith, you know. He, he, Dave Chappelle may have made a joke about, like, you know, white women or something. And that guy's like, I love white women. <laughs> and just, you know what I mean? And That dude was a rapper, and he has a song called Dave Chappelle. So he honestly, bro, from that point, it sounds like he's just possessed. He's like John, the guy who killed John Lennon. You yeah. know what I mean? Mark David Chapman. Yeah, dude. That's that's creepy, honestly. Yeah, I guess he had like a fake gun and a knife hmm. on him. What, do, what what good does a fake gun do? I don't know. Why would you even bring a fake gun? I don't know. So th- this is the thing with crazy people, though. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to us, but I'm sure he has a rational, not a rational, but to him a rational, logical explanation as to why. Right. I could scare them with my fake gun, but I'm still probably going to go to jail. Yeah. Either way, you're going to jail. But yeah. So our uh, our friend, Dusty. Dusty. He got his bass back. Oh, dude. His bass got stolen from him when he was playing a gig yeah. with Multi Ultra. Where'd he get stolen at? Downtown? Downtown, yeah. I forget exactly where he was parked, but yeah, he uh, showed back up to his car after the gig, and his windows were busted open, and found a homeless man uh, by kind of ha- wearing some of his clothes and pointed out to where these other homeless guys took his stuff and um, went and kind of scouted around, found the base, got it, scoped around some more for his, because he also got a laptop stolen. Um, and these dudes come up and he was like, yo, I just paid money for that base. Give me my base. And uh, they punched Dustin, and they chased him down and took the base back. And um, Sam from the Garden family made a couple contacts due to the description that Dustin had and uh, figured out who the guy was and paid him back to get Dustin's base back. Yeah, It's a fucking Dustin story. It is a Dustin story. I don't know anybody else that, A, that that would happen to, like the first part of this story, and then B, he gets the base back. And gets it back, yeah. And nothing was wrong with it. Not a thing. Just one string was like tuned to like a half step down. Mr. Higgins still MIA though. You know, I was talking about with Tristan the other day. I was like, what if Mr. Higgins just shows up? You know what I mean? Like, what if he just like it's it's placed in the dumbest place that like someone was just like, Oh, remember when you were at my house? Dude, you left an instrument here. 
that would be something that would happen with Dustin. Totally. Because I, there's, we still don't know what happened to Mr. Higgins. Yeah. Of course. He's with the crackheads where the, the other base was once was. What does the reveal have going on these days? Um, right now we uh, are just playing shows. We have a couple of uh, some management now kind of helping us out. Um, we're planning on making an EPK to be able to go tour more, go play more shows, get booked more often, and lots of recording. We're going to be working with a couple of different producers on tracking songs that we've had in the can for years now. Um, and we're finally going to put them out. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. We kind of game plan is to start recording them now and do it like piece by piece and hopefully by fall have a completed product like an album yeah oh shit okay mm-hmm. and we have other songs too that we've talked about doing eps for and um that's kind of the thing now because we haven't released any like new music since you know a few years ago when we kind of did and it was pretty much the same thing the same ep with just like you know four or five new songs um we haven't released anything that we've since written and played out live and such. So I'm excited to finally do that. Well, you guys have really grown as a band too, because you're also, you're playing at Bowie's. You have a pretty consistent gig there. Yeah, we play uh, Sundays from 3.30 to 7.30 and Tuesdays 4 to 7.30. And you just recently played at the Basement East. Yeah, yeah, dude, it was fun. Basement eight, the beast, the beast. It was cool, man. Uh, Weird Sisters was on the bill, and Feelers also played. Um, we got free Music City Light. It was nice. I but made me wonder. Um, I was like, why are we getting Music? City? The show was sponsored by Fat Bottom Brewing. Yeah, and I was like, why are we getting Music City Lights? And I eventually found out they owned Music City Light. Of course, that's yeah. why. Yeah, I was like, why wouldn't they give us? Wouldn't they give us Fat Bottom beer? You know what I mean? But I. Further investigating, I found that that's out. that's probably like their cheap beer that it they is. can just give give away. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. of course. I drank it though. I drank it. I was happy with it. But yeah, we just did that, and it was a lot of fun. And now it's just uh, we got a couple of other shows on the books of you know some out of town shows, some shows in Nashville, um, and just getting ready, like just recording, really. Fuck yeah, dude! We got a bunch of new songs that. Kind of stem from, you know, all there's the whole desert stuff, you know what I mean? All of like the uh, that type of vibe, all the trippy stuff, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, we got uh, kind of some more like blues rock songs, you know what I mean? Like a rockabilly song, kind of like a uh, Delta bluesy song. Um, one of them that we've written with Ian, our new drummer, and it yeah. was, it's the first song we all like written together. So I'm excited about that and ready to put out music, man. I know, dude. We got a lot of shit that's coming out yeah, in man. the next couple of months. Totally. Because your stuff is, you've got that other single you're releasing, Mystery Girls, out now. Go stream it. Go listen to it. And then um, Violet Moons, you know, they're putting the, the final touches on their album, which we played on a couple of tracks on that. I'm super excited about it. And Kirk Morrow Jr., I have to call him to find out when the fuck he's going to release <laughs> this shit. But we played on some of that, yeah, too. Yeah, we did. I, I produced that and played bass on it. And you, you had played on a track. By the way, dude, it sounds fucking good. 
Hell yeah. It's been so long since I've heard yeah, it. Honestly. I can play it for you after I, we're yeah, done. Yeah, I forget what it sounds like, yeah. honestly. It sounds fucking good, but... And then my solo shit, I still got to pick a release date for that, but... We've been busy, bro. It's good, dude. It's good. And that kind of what makes me think of, like, when we were talking earlier about COVID being over, it makes me feel like that based on how busy I've been. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, it's just, you know, full steam ahead, dude. Let's roll. Fuck yeah, dude. Where can people find you at? You could look me up at uh, the underscore north underscore pole on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, look up Norfleet. Listen to Mystery Girl. Let me know what you think. Fuck yeah, let me know what you think. I play bass and produce it. It was a great honor. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, dude. And and thank you so much for doing both songs. Yes. Um, Putting your amazing bass parts in it and also continuing to stick with me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And before we go, we should say the name Norfleet. Ha, yep. I lobbied, bro. It was a <laughs> campaign with everybody that we know in Nashville. So I was like, Josh is going to ask everybody what to name his solo project. So I went to everybody individually, and I was like, tell him to name it Norfleet. You manipulated that shit, dude. Look, bro, it was the right thing to do. <laughs> it was the right thing to do. I, I even told you when we were first kicking things off, I was like, you don't have to listen to any of my creative input on these songs. Just call your solo project Norfleet. No, totally. And I'm, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad you did, too. I'm glad that I did. And now it's time for us to go to practice. Yeah. Come see us this Sunday at the five spot. What time? Do you know what time? Uh, the show starts at 8. Okay. So Sunday the 15th, 8 o'clock. Be there or be square. Let's do it, baby. Check one, two, fuck your mother. Check one, two, fuck your mother.